Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, this is episode number 365, The Successful Woman's Guide to Online Dating in the Second Half of Life. I'm Sandy Weiner, and welcome to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to have the love you want and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and the rewards she deserves in life and love. I'm really excited to be speaking today to author and certified Calling in the One coach, Joan Brager, and we're going to be speaking about how to find love in midlife, and she will be sharing her amazing love story about finding love in her after divorce. So we'll get to that in just a moment, but before I bring Joan on, um, every week I bring you a tip on how to become a woman of value. What is a woman of value? She is a woman who really knows her worth. She knows how to speak up. She knows how to show up, and she knows how to stand up in life and in all aspects of life. And I I write about this. This is my passion. So this week's tip Mm -hmm. is declutter your life. what does it mean to declutter your life? Uh, you know, there, there we have the Marie Kondo who talks about decluttering your home. I believe that we also have to declutter our life. And that means look at the people in your life who are taking up space, who are toxic to you. People who are taking and not giving, where it's a one-sided relationship. People who are abusive. So really, I invite you to look at the people in your life and and really just value the energy that you have because we are limited in the amount of time and energy we have every day. And so if there are people in your life who are just taking up space and dumping on you, please take a step today to start creating boundaries around those kinds of people and, and really surround yourself with people who lift you up and energize you. Before I bring on Joan, I wanted to also invite you to join my free Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. So if you're not yet a member of Your Last First Date, go head over there after this show. We are an amazing group, um, about 3,000 women strong. We are heavily monitored by amazing, wonderful monitors who watch the site all day so that we do not have any kind of bashing or demeaning comments, um, kindness rules in this group, and so does forward action. So we we really believe that in order to grow, it's important not to just vent and talk about how horrible dating is, and we're going to actually get to that today in this in this episode, but um, come to a place where you're going to learn new skills and learn new ways to date. So that's your last first date on Facebook. And now for my guest, Joan Brager. She was divorced when she was in her late 50s, and she wanted to be in a committed relationship, so she learned how to date online successfully and find a loving husband. She shares everything that she learned with her clients and the readers of her book, Never Too Late for Love. She's a certified calling in the one and conscious uncoupling coach. You may have heard about that from Gwyneth Paltrow. And she has worked as a management consultant, a teacher of leadership, and a coach to people all around the world. She has a doctorate degree from Harvard, and she is the doting matriarch of a family of seven children and four grandchildren. Wow. Joan, so many accomplishments. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Sandy. 
Thank you. It's very kind. Which which is your which is your most valuable accomplishment out of all the ones that, I just you know, talked that's about? That's a fantastic question. That's really a great question, especially at this period of my life. I'm 65 now, and I I'm amazingly proud of the children. Is what I have to say that I've taught leadership around the world. I've had clients and students, and I feel like I've made a difference with many people. And what I honestly get satisfaction out of the children. And now we have upcoming four grandchildren and just wanting their lives to be great. So I do have to say that at the end of my life, after all of these professional accomplishments, it, it, it is circling back around to family. So I love I that mean. answer. And mm-hmm. I think that's really apropos for the topic today because, you know, people are really searching for love in their mm-hmm. life. And, that is really what matters most out of everything that we do. So we're going to we're going to touch on that more in a in a few minutes. Yes. But before sure. we do, and I have to say that I agree with mm-hmm. you. I I have three beautiful children and and to just know that they came through a a, a pretty crappy marriage and <laughs> a difficult divorce mm-hmm. and they're all pretty emotionally healthy. Um yes. and I have two two grandchildren, one on the way. So mm-hmm. it's it's the best. It is the best. Um, so, Joan, can you share your story of how you found love again in the second half of life? Well, uh, as you said, I, I divorced when I was 57, and I knew I wanted uh, to be in relationship with a man again. And I knew I'd made some bad choices in the past. So I, I have to honestly say the first thing I did was reach out to the, the best coach I could find, which Catherine Woodward Thomas is the author of Calling in the One. And I worked with her over a six-month period to really uh, basically shift some core beliefs I had. Now, um, one of them, now this is partly uh, my own personal history. It's partly the historic moment we're in. One of my beliefs was I had to make it on my own. So I became extremely uh, capable at making it my own. I got many degrees. I learned how to become a professional management consultant, and I earned my own money. I put my children through college. Um, so it was a strong belief. I'm on my own. I have to make it on my own. And it was it was personal to my experience, but also uh, I think we're in a historic moment where, you know, 75 years ago, women's primary ambition was to create a home and a family. And 75 years later, I talk to women in their 20s and 30s, and that's not actually on their radar at all for many of them. And, in fact, some of them feel embarrassed if it is. If a priority is being married, doesn't that mean they're not, you know, strong, independent women? So we're we're sort of in a, a backlash here. So, um, so I was approaching my late 50s. I said, I, I really want a partner. I wasn't going to meet him at work. I was none of my friends had any likely candidates. Honestly, nobody had any candidates. And so my 30-year-old son um, got me started on online dating, which I was quite nervous about. I didn't know anything about it. Uh, it helped that he would walk me through it, and I learned a lot about the male perspective. One of the things I learned from my son was um, that if a man likes you, he's going to let you know right away. 
Mm-hmm. And that was extremely, yeah. He just told, I said, I asked him directly. I said, Michael, if you go out with a girl and you like her, are you going to call her? He said, oh, yeah, Mom, right away. So mm-hmm. that taught <laughs> that taught me what one of the biggest lessons of online dating, which is if they don't respond, that's fine. Leave them, you, you don't want to learn anything about that. <laughs> you, you don't, there's no way of discerning why a man is attracted to you. And if he's not, that's fine, but it's not going to go anywhere if he's not attracted to you. And what I found over time, and I, I was on online dating for two years, and I met 40 different people, which, which everyone's always amazed at the number. Of, I say, but that's like meeting two people a month. It's, it's not that hard to meet two people a month, to have coffee with mm-hmm. them. But what I learned was about half of them were attracted to me and half of them weren't. And I'm, I honestly am an average-looking woman. And I look my age, and some of them were interested in pursuing me, and some of them were not. And I, I really learned from my son and from other advice from men who uh, do these dating sites that it's fine. Just don't don't get upset if someone's not interested in you. Just move on. So I did that over a two-year period, I'll just say. Um yeah, there's so many, so many important things in what you just shared. Um, so before we find out how you actually met your husband, I want to just right. reflect for a minute. Um, I, I think that um, the fact that you saw that you needed support and you got it, excellent. Mm-hmm. I think everybody needs to hear that, that we Every, can't do it all alone. one of my right? most important messages, get support. Yes. It's hard yeah, to do. Yeah. It's hard to do, especially with your programming, which is I have to do it all on my own. <laughs> it's like really? so many women are in that position of I yeah. I can't rely on anybody else. I have always had to do it by myself. And mm-hmm. so that's what they do. And, and you can't see what you can't see. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the smartest of us can't see our own blind mm-hmm. spots. We just can't. And, you know, the the most successful people in life have people showing them what they're missing. Mm-hmm. What's in my rear view mirror? What's in the side mirrors? What am I missing? Um, because yeah. we can't see. So so that's the first thing. And and I love that your yeah. son that your son helped you with online dating. Oh my God. That's I, I can see another book there with like the male perspective <laughs> of uh, <laughs> how my son no, helped me true. find love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um but such great advice, and I see so many women pursuing a man who hasn't responded. If he doesn't, mm. if he wants you, he will show you. He doesn't need your help yes. and your reminders <laughs> that you exist, you know. And it's so, yes. you, you. Sometimes we have like a great first conversation or first date, and we think, oh my God, this is going to definitely lead to a second or a third date, and nothing happens. And, again, right. we don't know why. So that's the third thing that you said. It is fine. Don't try to figure it out. We can't figure <laughs> it out, and we should not we be can. spending our energy figuring it out. Right. Just move on. And so you kept Just moving on. on, right? I did. I had so, over two years. I, yeah. I, there was one person who I did date for three months. And, um, oh, no, here's the the blind spot thing. I actually took him out to California to meet my coach because I was I didn't know, and she called me up the next week and said, "Well, he's the kind of person who needs a little bit of development." So I asked him if he's willing to do anything, any therapy, and so I asked him a couple of weeks later. I said, 
you, you've got this kind of these things going on in your life. Are you ever willing to reach out for help? And he said, no, this is the way I am. And I said, oh, thank you for sharing that. And that became very clear to me. That wasn't someone I would want to spend the rest of my life with. That's so a good that was question. The only three months. Yeah. Is it? And so that was good. I ended that, and then I went back, and then I was like, oh, God, now I have to go back out here again. And I went out again, and I would go out with someone for one date, two dates, three dates, and then we'd find out there was not enough chemistry for one or both of us would happen. Or I'd go out with someone for two weeks and find out, oh, my goodness, you can find out a lot in two weeks, someone who's actually uh, who's very attractive and very interesting and also very unethical, and I found it out in two weeks. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, just by asking him questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just he just did not have a sense of morality, and that, you know, that, that would not be good for my life at all. No, so, that's not uh, a bad thing. <laughs> yes, no, it's, you know, I... You have to answer the question, is this a good person? That's the fundamental question. Is this a good person? If you can't say yes just unflinchingly, then that's a showstopper, actually. This has to be a good person because, well, I so I, so two years I was on, and I was starting. I One of the things I did was I set intentions. I said, I'm going to find someone by 59. And guess what? I didn't find someone by 59. And the only thing you can do in that case is not give up, but say, all right, I will find someone by 60. And setting the intention clears your head because three months before my 60th birthday, uh, uh, a a three-week relationship fell apart. And I immediately went back online. I didn't take a two-month break, (laughs) which you want to do. You want to take a a two-month. But I had set this intention. I had had set it with my coach, so I I had a committed listener. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. So I actually went out with two or three people in those three months uh, before my 60th birthday. And um, I... I sent a note to someone I had sent a note to nine months before and he hadn't responded and I hadn't thought much about it, but I said, Oh, let me send him one more note. And this time he did respond. And I I was very unsure about him from his profile. And that was one of the lessons I learned. You can't tell much about someone from your profile as much as we all try very hard to write these good profiles. And I also had uh, beautiful professional photos on my profile only to find out later my husband was dissuaded by them because he, he thought I was too corporate or something like that. He just, mm. it wasn't, he, he didn't feel, it, but he was willing to meet me. I was willing to meet him. He was willing to meet me. That's as much interest as we had. We talked for five minutes on the phone, which was also a turn off for me because he said, okay, I'll meet you at Starbucks. Goodbye. I went, what was that? Is that a conversation? I said, oh, this man can't talk. <laughs> only to find out later that he had been on online dating for eight years and he had learned that he had to meet people in person. There was almost nothing he could learn otherwise. So I, I put on my dating clothes. I had a dating outfit, which was honestly sexier than I normally dress. I really don't dress sexy. It's not my, it's just not my personality, but it was slightly provocative. And I went down to Starbucks and sat down, and he was this absolutely lovely, warm-hearted man. 
and we talked for an hour and a half. And I was just struck by how much, how different he was in the profile of the phone call. Yeah. And, you know, and that's one of the lessons. You can't tell from that computer screen who this person is. You really nope. can't. People, people err on both sides of the fence. You can come off as being amazing and then be a complete disappointment in person. Right. Or it's just... Yeah, I had person. one guy who told me he fell in love with me from my profile. I said, "Then you, you're like mm-hmm. an idiot." I didn't tell him that, but I thought yeah. that. I said, "That's just, a, <laughs> a, just a computer screen. You can't fall in love with a computer screen." It's a projection. But, um, yeah, it's all projection. And so I had actually, after two years, gotten down to if they were in my geographic area, which you know is very, it was very important. I know people have done it outside their geographic area, but it's much easier if. You can see them regularly <laughs> without a big mm-hmm. commitment. So you had to be in my geographic area, in my general age group, and educated. If he was those three factors, just those three factors, I was willing to meet them because those mm-hmm. were my deal breakers. And then I'd meet them. So anyway, he was a lovely, warm-hearted man who did me the tremendous favor of the next day um, texting me and letting me know he wanted to see me again. So that was that was my son's cue that people who want to see you again will let you know right away. So he yeah. texted me immediately, and that was lovely. Now here's the part that I also coach my clients on a lot. He then took the next three months, and we didn't sleep together. We really took a slow time getting to know each other. And when I I asked him later why he did that. He said, I really wanted to be sure we could be friends first, Mm. that we had enough, that we could enjoy enough things before we got in a relationship. Wow, what a gem. And I know, and and as I say, that's a man worth waiting for. Yeah. And he's just, you know, he's just a sweethearted guy. He's He's got five kids who I have fallen in love with. I, I didn't think that would happen, but he has kids 26 to 46, and we just spent this. Is just no, this is just a funny thing. We just spent last weekend with all of his five kids at his ex-wife's house. I just want to say that because oh. <laughs> that's where the summer event was. The summer event, and there was we we're holding a party for one of the kids, and his ex-wife was hosting it. And I, I met, I met her years ago when I realized I was going to be in a relationship with her children. But we've also spent a lot of time cleaning up any any leftover residue of anything so that we can be with – in fact, the kids asked us, asked him particularly if he'd do that, would you please, you know, clean it up entirely with mom so we can be have family events together because we're about to have marriages and children and all these things, and we yeah. don't want to be uncomfortable. So we did. We, we He cleaned it up. So that's anyway, beautiful. that's my story. Yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, it, he sounds amazing, and it sounds like yeah, both of you together really communicate well, and you were yeah. attracted to qualities that are internal more than external. Right. You know, the oh, attraction yeah. has to be there, but I think so many people look at the outside. They look at somebody who's successful, who, yeah. you know, has has a lot of money, who has great head of hair. You know, these are all <laughs> things that mean absolutely nothing. He has to be six feet tall. Yeah. So 
So let's talk about some of the key obstacles that women face in online dating, because I know that of the women that I coach, so many of them just say, I just just want to meet him organically. Like my girlfriend of mine, she stopped dating. She goes, you know, if he shows up at my house, I'll date him. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, that's going to happen. So so tell me. um, Really? Yeah, yeah. This is, but a lot of women feel that it's too vulnerable. I've heard that. To putting yourself out there, it's like, you know, it's got to be the UPS guy. Maybe he's going to be a hot single guy or the, the yeah, male person. It doesn't have to be the UPS guy, exactly. But <laughs> I'll tell you that there should be UPS friends. dating or something because I know they come to your door. I know. Um, <laughs> I hear that from friends and clients. I just want to meet him organically, and mm-hmm. you know, the odds are you're not going to meet him organically, and the difficulty. With going on online dating, it's not difficult to meet someone and have coffee with them. It's difficult to get your hopes up and be disappointed. That's mm-hmm. what's difficult. And what happens every time we're disappointed, either they were a disappointment or we like them and they didn't respond. One of those two things happen. Mm-hmm. It just touches a deep wound in us that makes us feel, oh, maybe I'm not good enough or maybe nobody's going to love me or... It, it hits the core par- young parts of ourselves, and that's the development work that we have to do to get through this. To, as you say in your work, to value ourselves. You, mm-hmm. you really, and and that's why it helps to have a coach because you really have to upgrade some old beliefs you have about yourself to be standing in your true worth and value. And that's the only place you can stand if you're going to meet a man of value. Who will yeah. respect you? It, it, it's and it's and it's it's a, a, a bit of work. I mean, that's what we do in calling in the one. We say calling in. The, we're not calling in the other one. We're actually calling in ourselves, mm-hmm. our best self, so that yeah. we can clear up any false beliefs that prevent that. Yeah, no, that it's such important and beautiful work. And mm. I have I'm I'm working with someone right now who was widowed in her 50s, late 50s, and mm. even though she had a fem- fantastic marriage, she has this distance now to see the parts that weren't as good as she would like mm. to find for the next part of her life. And so much of what we're working on has nothing to do with dating. It's all about her ability mm. to stop making assumptions and to speak up more and to look at all the limiting beliefs and all the sabotaging thoughts and and she's just showing up in her life in a much, much more authentic way, and she's really mm-hmm. ready. Like I'm, I'm, we're about to go online um, this week, and I'm really excited for okay. her. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so and some of the obstacles are. Of... You go, go ahead. What were you going to say? Okay, you learn some of it um, by do some of online dating. You learn by doing online dating. I just want mm-hmm. to say that you know that. I met my husband after two years of doing it. And by the time I met him, all I was interested in doing was seeing if we could have a good conversation. I mean, I had, mm-hmm. I had, like, I had gotten to the point of almost no attachment. Like, are you someone mm-hmm. I can have an interesting conversation with? And I'll have that. And it turned out we had a very deep, wonderful, interesting conversation because I really had no attachment. I, mm-hmm. I, but, and I learned that from lots and lots of dates, not to have attachment. Right, right. In the beginning, yeah. you place so much importance on each person, and you prepare, and 
yeah, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's amazing how how much more confident you get in the fact that you're the chooser. You're not just waiting to be picked. Um, so so some of the obstacles. Um, so I love what you said that it's not that it's difficult to go on a date. It's I mean for some women they feel it is, um, but yeah. it's it's about having the expectations and the attachment to the outcome. Yes. That is one yes. of the key obstacles. So did, are there any others that, that you want to talk about? Well, I I think the obstacles for older women is we are afraid to go on online dating often, and we're just not comfortable with that medium at all. So that's one obstacle. Um, the second obstacle is we're actually self-conscious about our looks in uh, in our 50s, 60s, and 70s. We don't think men are looking for women. But I, I, I now have coached so many women and have so many couples where the man, the man is madly in love with his wife or girlfriend who is in her 60s and 70s. That I, I, I so know that's not true. Uh, but uh-huh. it is, it is uh, an obstacle. We, uh, we think there's a big, uh, a, a widespread belief out there that men only like younger women. I, and I interviewed my husband about this later when we were in a relationship. I said, why didn't you want someone in her 40s or 50s? He said, well, uh, one, I have a son in his, my, his 40s, and I didn't want to have conversations with someone in my son's generation. That's one. Yeah. And two, uh, women in their 40s and 50s were in a very – he had raised five children, and when he would start to date a woman and she had young teenagers, he just he just knew how much effort that took, and he he didn't he didn't want to do it again. So yeah. he wanted someone in his age group. He really did. Yeah, um, and I've heard that from so many men. Man, yes, a good man wants someone he can have a good conversation with, and they seem to get past you know a few lines and a few pounds to have that, and they. And they love to get into bed with you. I just want to say that, you know, it's, uh, um, it's very interesting being in this in this age group. Um, mm-hmm. All of that. Yeah, and, there's a lot of only false. Yeah, no, just false beliefs about yes. only men this age want younger women. There are no good men at this age. Um, right. I've heard it all. Yeah. Um, all yeah. men want sex only. Like, you know, you just descri- described your husband who wanted to yeah. to prolong the the parts yes. of the beginning of sex. Yes. You know, yes. Delay it. Mm-hmm. And and I, I'll tell you one uh, final obstacle I really think. Women who've gotten to this point in our lives, we actually have more self-confidence and um, we're – we don't want people telling us what to do at this point. And so we really, we do want a man who's very respectful and empowering. We do. And, and, and you might have to do some sorting to find that, but they, they exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's the thing. Yeah. I think that has been my biggest obstacle. <laughs> um, and right. it's, it's not, it's, I just, I'm not in a hurry um, because mm-hmm. I know that I'm not going to settle for somebody who I feel like I have to take care of. Um, no. And, you know, but it's also, I think, and I want to get into this a little bit because we have many very successful women who have achieved independence right. and are really struggling with how to have a relationship at this point in life. And right. um, 
And so what are some of the, the obstacles for successful women besides the, you know, we want we don't want people telling us what to do? Well, there's some really interesting things, and I love working with successful women. Um, I, I have attorneys and physicians and business owners in my practice, and um, the first thing is there's a myth that the man should earn more money than you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I think I heard a figure recently that in 40% of couples now, the woman is earning more money, which is oh. surprising to me. So one, yeah. uh, now that's, but at the same time, we've been successful and we do not want to take care of somebody. You know, we're, we're, I, I was very nervous about that. I did not want to support a man, uh, especially mm-hmm. as we were looking at retirement. I didn't want a man showing up who was honestly, who was destitute. I, I needed, we, uh, uh, about a year into our relationship, we went to a financial counselor just so we could really lay it out. How, how were we going to retire and That's could beautiful. we do it together? And, and it turned out we could retire because my husband has worked in a state job for 14 years and he actually has a pension and thing, and, and interesting things we found out that, that we, we were going to be okay, which was very important to me. Um, yeah. But so one, the man doesn't have to be richer than you. That's not mm-hmm. true. He has to be self-sufficient, but not richer. Um, yeah. Two, I, you know, uh, this is kind of hard to say, but I have lots of professional colleagues and professional partners, and I, my husband is. That's not what I want in a husband. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have people who are in my field. I'm in a book group with other leadership developers. I. I work with Catherine Woodward Thomas, and we develop courses. I have lots of professional colleagues. But what I want from a husband is different than that. And I want a kind, caring, loving man who supports me, who I can have a good conversation with, but he doesn't have to be my professional mentor. I think that's kind of a skewed view women get. Like we just we want someone who's going to challenge us professionally that's not what a hu- the purpose of a husband in my view the purpose yeah. of a husband in my view you know is someone who's always there on your side who 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 will be there for you no matter what who who cares about your family as his own you know who you know it, it's just a different criteria so it's an easier criteria also because you don't I used to only be attracted to brilliant men who I, I thought were smarter than me, but I, I don't think that's the criteria for a husband. I think I think being supported and loved is the criteria for a husband. Yeah, and and, yeah, and this and, is and a big a shift you have to make. Yeah, that's a it's a yeah. really big one because again, you can get very hooked on the expectation that somebody who's brilliant and professionally successful is going to make a great right. partner. And they, first of all, often don't. Um, they often and don't. And I think we also need to know that we can and should be getting a lot of the rest of what we need from other people in our lives, like our best friends. Right. And, you know, that's right. another aspect. I think women think they have to do everything together. or they ha- Yeah. So what right. a, is there another obstacle yeah. that you want to share? Um just on on that one, a successful woman, you know, we don't want uh, 
we don't want the 50s marriage where we're the complete support system for someone else. We really don't want that. Um, we're a little too busy for that. I mean, I, I have, I cook half the time and my husband cooks half the time. And, you know, we, we, we figured out how I'm not, I mean, he wasn't looking for that, which was very important because often when I'd met successful businessmen or successful professionals who are working full out, they actually do want, even though they don't say it or maybe not know it, they do want the woman to be a support system. So mm-hmm. a successful woman doesn't want to do that. Um, right. So you have to find a man who doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. And, and fortunately in the boomer generation, uh, there's many of them who were raised with different expectations, not all, but many who were raised with different expectations. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so they're there. They exist. Um, they exist. Yeah, and I think you know what what I've heard you say in many different mm-hmm. ways during this conversation is mm-hmm. the importance of creating and talking about what it is that makes you happy and what it is that makes mm-hmm. him happy, and then negotiating to figure out how to make that work. You know, you talked about it with finances, how are we going to both retire? I think so many people make assumptions about others because they haven't done the work. They haven't checked it out. So I I absolutely love all of what you're sharing here. And um, um, we are coming to a close, unfortunately, (laughs) because there's so much more to say. But are there any other um, online dating tips that you want to share before we go? And then I know you have something that you are going to give to our audience. Oh, good. Okay, so the the last tip I'd say, when you're dating, keep your focus on yourself. So if you're sitting across from a man in a restaurant or coffee shop, you know, notice how you're feeling. You, you I mean you don't you're you don't have to do a, a promotional show about who you are. Um, you, you obviously share bits of who you are, not all, but bits of who you are. But you want to mostly check in with how do you feel when you're with this man? Do you feel comfortable? Do you feel respected? Do you feel relaxed? Or do you feel nervous and on edge and that you have to prove yourself? Because that's what you get in the end in the relationship is being next to somebody and feeling good. That's what you want. So that's yeah. your, your pro- keep your primary focus on yourself and how you feel. I and love they that. can either talk a lot or not talk a lot, but you'll see how you feel about it. Yeah, and I think, you know, what a lot of people confuse attraction with that feeling of nervousness. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's butterflies, mm-hmm. you know, and he makes me right. a little off, off kilter. Right. I mean, I certainly was attracted to that when I was younger, but no more, mm-hmm. I, you know. And, and yeah. I think we need to also differentiate between a fun date and a possible partner. Yeah. <laughs> There's a big difference. Um, right, you know. right. Yeah, you want someone you feel very comfortable with. Yeah, and comfort can can lack attraction for some people. So I think it's also recalibrating yeah. what attraction is. Um, you know yeah. what you know what's healthy, and what's attractive yes. in this part of our life can be very different from what was attractive to us. Hopefully, it's different. And I'll, I'll just say something: at sixty-five, and my husband's sixty-nine, and we're thinking about he will retire in five months at seventy. Um, and we actually, even now, semi-retired, have a lot of time together. We spend a tremendous amount of time together. So you just want someone you feel so comfortable with. Yeah. It's really yeah. important. 
Yeah, you don't want to get to that place of retirement and go, oh, my God, I have to spend time with this person. <laughs> That's no, not no, a you good want thing. Him, you want to enjoy having him around. And the last thing I'll say, though, that um, this is marriage, and you do want someone you want to get into bed with every night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's important. You really it is. Want, you want to be happy that you're getting into bed with him. Yeah, it shouldn't be a should. <laughs> no, 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 you don't want to be happy about that. No, okay. no. No, these are all fabulous tips. Um, so, Joan, I know you have a beautiful offer for our audience. Can you share that yes. with us? Okay, so I've written a book. It's uh, not out in paperback yet. It's in an online version currently. The name of the book is Never Too Late for Love, uh, The Successful Woman's Guide to Online Dating. You can see it on Amazon now. You can buy it on Kindle. And my offer is, if you send me a note, I'll give you the uh, my email address. You send me a note, I will send you an online version of that for free. Okay, because uh, awesome. it's uh, you'll hear the whole story, and you ha- in it are all the tips about what to do to do this successfully. So, if you send me a note, uh, my website is joanbrager.com. I'm going to spell that Joan J O A N. Brager is spelled B-R-A-G-A-R, B-R-A-G-A-R, joanbrager.com. To send me a note, joan at joanbrager.com. And if you send me a note, I'm I'm happy to send you uh, the online version of this book. Awesome. And I want to suggest that anybody who receives a free copy, yeah. um, rate and review the, the book on Amazon. Oh, oh that's lovely. Are, that's yeah, that's, that's a nice thing to yeah. give back. Um, yeah, well, and I will put this in the show notes as well when the blog post gets published so people can see it there. Um, so thank you so much, Joan, for coming on the show and sharing your story, your success story and your your really common sense wisdom on, on how uh-huh. to find love in the latter part of life. Yeah, and Sandy, thank you. We both, I know we both, I think we we could talk about this for a very long time, so I appreciate yes. it very much. Thanks. Oh, thank you. And thanks, everybody, yeah. for listening. Um, if you love our show, please rate and review. Um, as we just said, rating and reviewing is so, so helpful, more than you could ever imagine. Um, wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it's iTunes, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, FM, there's we're on like every platform so you know share this let people know and um, I hope you go on your last first date very soon have a great day 